0: Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I? The Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never-Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator-backed company, we know what it takes To have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow in scale by taking over 24-7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on-demand support to help do that. Each week, on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the session. I'm Ethan Lieber, the CEO of Latchell. Here along with our guest today, Kelly, a full-time property manager with T-Square Management and the incoming president of NARPM, the National National Association of Residential Property Managers. Welcome to the show, Kelly.
1: Hi, Ethan. Thanks for having me. I'm really delighted to be here today.
0: It is an absolute pleasure to have you. I'm so excited that you were able to carve out the time in your schedule, which I'm sure is incredibly busy with you prepping to uh, be the incoming president. Um, Maybe we can start for anyone that doesn't know much about NARPM with quick elevator pitch, kind of high level on what is NARPM.
1: So as you described it, uh, it's a very long word or long phrase, National Association of Residential Property Managers. Um, we like to call ourselves NARPAM just because it's easier when I tell people I've been responded to with it sounds like it's a disease or something. Yeah. So um yeah, we, we just call ourselves NARPAM and uh we are an organization that supports the learning, the growing, and the networking among single family residential property managers. And generally, overall, we we serve, we serve all kinds of group are people that manage property, the short-term and the long-term and HOA. And those people are all managing those different types of properties, but primarily we're focusing on the residential long-term rental. And, uh, we provide you know, the biggest thing that we provide is the networking opportunities and knowing that you're not the only one in your boat, right? There's some, um, unique experiences when you're managing single family homes. So we are an organization that supports those folks that are experiencing those things.
0: Yeah, and for, for my exposure to NARPOM, and I've had the good fortune of um, being able to to find NARPUM early on in, in Latchell's history. Um, so we've kind of been able to grow and, and develop as a company alongside our own affiliate membership or uh, vendor kind of membership with NARPUM. Um But you you guys do everything from running coursework to providing that network to offering uh, chapter specific yeah. luncheons, chapter yeah. conferences, national conferences. Right,
1: and we, we have a lot of, um, uh, you know, one of our biggest thing, there's uh, people talk about what they get out of NARPM, and every time you ask somebody, usually the first thing they say is the friendships I've developed over the years within the organization. And there's something about, finding those that do the same thing that you do um, and the troubles and the struggles. I remember walking into my very first meeting here in the Seattle area in the King County chapter um, and talking to people and saying, Oh my gosh, you are experiencing that too. I mean, you mean I'm not alone. And as a professional property manager, you run across, you know, everything from soup to nuts with the human condition and uh, with your owners and tenants and vendors, all of that stuff. And it's just really nice to be able to have a sounding board so that networking is great, but we, I wouldn't have had that without the chapter meetings. Um, We have a really big population of what we call at large members who don't have a chapter nearby. And some people will go two and three hours just to get to their monthly chapter meeting because it's so valuable to them and yeah. that education and network.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I have the greatest pleasure when I get to work with management companies coming out of NARPUM. And I think part of that reason is, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of folks going into property management are trying to figure everything out for themselves. And it's like, wh- yeah. why do that when you have... An organization that has already figured it all out. With uh, how, how many members yeah. are in Arpa now?
1: Uh, well, right now we've got just over six thousand. So we've got uh, we've grown quite a bit. We have a goal to our strategic plan two years ago was to get to seventy five hundred by the end of twenty twenty. So we've got a lot of great things in place to increase member services and the, the benefits that um, are available to the members. To hopefully, we're on track kind of to get that number. Um, and we've kind of elevated our game quite a bit, um, over the last year, year and a half to increase our membership and, and get to our vision of, like I said, the recognized leader in the residential property management industry. So
0: 6,000 members,
1: pretty big. Yeah. At least it is for us. When I first went to my first convention in 2005, there were 300 people, um, at the convention. And now we've got close to a thousand at every convention and all different kinds of other, Opportunities for people to get together. So,
0: well, in the conventions, uh, beyond like the networking opportunities and chance to mm-hmm. learn, are also just a ton of fun. So, they- if, if you're a manager, property yeah. manager, and you're looking to take a vacation, it could well, can be like a two fold have your vacation yeah. and your learning opportunity. Well, it's
1: funny you say that because I'll be on a plane or you know wherever, and I'll tell somebody I just got back. I like I just got back yesterday from San Antonio for leadership training. We bring all the chapter leaders into one location for a day and a half, and we go over what's the best practices of running your chapter and how can you make it better and all that. And uh, someone asked me, "What was it? did you, were you out of town on business or pleasure?" And I said, "Well, it's really really fun." but I was sent there by a business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually business, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I, I wanna dig in a lot to NARPM, the vision, and we keep saying NARPM, but uh, for anyone listening that's unfamiliar, uh, where NARPM comes from are the letters N-A-R-P-M.
1: Correct, yes. Uh, that
0: you know m- that might be super basics, but I just figured like in case anyone's listening and hasn't heard of NARPM, it's N-A-R-P-M. Right. Um, right and it's
1: similar it's similar you know the organization supports um, folks that are doing that residential property management but you know we're we're, our association isn't i don't think we are like naa or nar but if if you're trying to think of some similarities or some uh frame of reference that's kind of what we are i've heard our, our organization from people that are in those two other groups that when they come to an arpa meeting it's like coming to a family reunion with people you really like um so, and it's not that the others aren't that way, it's just different.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know you're the incoming president now for 2020 for yes. NARPUM and I imagine you you only get a designation like president for uh, an organization like NARPUM if you have a lot of experience in management. Yeah. So I'd like to sidetrack just for a moment sure. and if you could tell us a little bit, little bit about your background and how you even got into property management and your, your current company, that'd be great.
1: Sure, sure, so um, most of what I find in talking to a lot of property managers, and it's kind of shifting a little bit, but a lot of people that get into this industry didn't wake up one day and say, I think I'm gonna go be a residential property manager and manage other people's homes. It's more they generally have invested in their own rental properties and kind of stumbled into it one way or another. And that we're, I'm no different than the norm in that regard. So, my husband and I started buying and selling uh, HUD foreclosures back in the late 90s, um, mid mid to late 90s, and found that was a great way to um, kind of put a little savings aside and so on. And so, when we couldn't sell them right away, and these were small units, they, you know, really, we would go in and we would generally look at a condo and replace the carpet and the paint, and maybe some appliances or whatever. And something I could do while I was raising our kids and he was working a corporate job. Okay. And um, so we kind of, they wouldn't sell right away for maybe the amount of money we were looking for. So we just kept them as rentals. And. You know, I, I hate to admit it, but for myself, I'm a terrible landlord because I'm just this bleeding heart. Oh, if their rent's late, that's okay. But when we when we manage <laughs> too, too for too
0: much other, of a softy
1: I am too much yeah. of a softie. But when I manage for other people, you can't say that. You can't say to your client, Mr. Client, I'm sorry I didn't collect rent. They were just so nice. And I didn't want to <laughs> make them have to pay the rent. So we do have protocols in place now that we we make sure that if they're not paying rent, we do the right thing and follow that up and whatnot. But so we were managing, we probably owned about maybe, I don't know, six or eight of our own rentals here in the Seattle area uh, for a few years. And like I said, I was home raising the kids and Tom was working his corporate job. And um, a neighbor came over one day and said, Hey, I'm moving over to central Washington. And I've got five rentals here in this area. Can you manage them for me? And Tom is a designated broker, and I was a regular broker, so we had our own real estate company, if you will, out of the house. And so, in the state of Washington, you have to be licensed to manage a third party, be a third party manager. So we said, sure, we can do that. So we set up some fee structures and so on, and we started managing. And then a, um, another friends of ours moved to Connecticut, so we started managing their house. And this just kind of over the year, the first few years, it just kind of grew and we were managing probably about 25 doors if you know units or doors or homes or whatever and then um we just thought we there was a lead generating company uh, at the time it was apm and they were actually out of central washington and so we just put our name on this apm site and so i started meeting clients at their homes and doing all that sales stuff and the first convention like i said that we went i found out about NARPA in 2005 after trying to reinvent the wheel and um i uh, went to that convention we probably had about 50 doors at that time and that's when i really found i call it finding my tribe i just um connected with people from the northwest area that i'm still very good friends with as a matter of fact vicki Gaskill and i are close and she installed me as a president back in october there in arizona at our convention and um So we just kind of grew from there. And now we manage about 450 residential doors and I say doors because it might be one property, but it has 20 doors, 20 units in it or something. So Uh 450. and then we've developed our HOA management department or community association management, and we manage about 85 community associations. So we've got a team of about 18 people, um, for both divisions and, um, kind of built from there.
0: And I have to tell you,
1: Yeah. There's not a lot of education out there for property managers for just strictly property managers. There's a a lot of education for real estate agents and people that are selling real estate. Mm -hmm. NARPM is the only organization that solely provides education to, um, to residential property managers. And so that was one of the things that kind of solidified my membership. And I have to say the network, and I've met some great friends. And at first it was in the King County area. And then I go travel and I speak and I meet just some really fabulous people and and they know what the troubles I'm going through and all that, so.
0: That's awesome. And it sounds like uh, in a very short time, you developed a, a pretty large, robust, management company
1: well you know I, all of our growth has been organic we have not acquired any other companies and so it has been slow we, it's been very intentional and mm-hmm. methodical um and we you know we like to say we are the most about va- the best value for the services that we provide in the area so we're not going to be the least expensive and we're not the most expensive but we are the best value and the service we provide is i think one of the best in the industry in our area there's are some great property managers in our area and they're tough competition but it's all very friendly competition and, and there's enough to go around so we all are our good colleagues good friends and good colleagues and we exchange ideas and information from time to time so
0: maybe we can segue by digging into that what do you sure. and actually before we do that i i see david asked the question of where he can find a local chapter um, so, if anyone's listening and they have the burning curiosity right now to go go look up where their local chapter is, uh, where should we
1: direct them? Okay, so send them to, or we, if you go to NARPUM, N-A-R-P-M. dot and there should be a link on the homepage there that says Find a Chapter or Become a Member, something like that. And there's also, if you hover your uh, cursor at the top, there's a little drop down menu for a search bar. And you can put in there, find a chapter, and it should awesome. show up. Yeah.
0: Cool. So anyone that wants to check that out right now, you, you can <laughs> yeah. go check out narpum.org and go yeah. find uh, your local chapter. So, yeah, yeah you mentioned um, that you, know, you consider yourself one of the... you might not be the most expensive, but you'd consider yourself best value yes. and one of the, the best companies in, in your area maybe we can dig into what you you think is important to being an amazing property manager or an amazing management company
1: okay so i think really the first thing that comes to mind for me is communication and um and service it's you know collecting rent and a lot of times owners will think well you just collect rent and send some people out to fix stuff Well, there's so much more to it. There's a whole um, one of the things that we do is we reinvest a lot of our revenue back into the efficiencies with our company. That makes it easier to be a client, makes it more transparent, um, makes it easier for our people to do their jobs and feel successful at what they're doing. That's one of the key things, I think, is if we can have a team that feels successful every day, then they're going to be delivering great service to our clients, to our tenants and to our vendors every day. And that's one of the goals I have as the executive vice president. So my husband, Tom, and I own and operate the business together and he got the title of president probably because of his skill set, but just because he's the president. Um, so I'm the executive vice president of operations. And I really like the day to day, you know, getting in and improving systems and, and processes and working with the people and, and the team, not just the, uh, the clients and tenants and vendors, but our team as well.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, um, so uh with that said i think I, it's about the what you have to provide as a service and what are the nuts and bolts behind that service so you know how easy are your statements read by your clients how is the mm-hmm. communication so one of the key things that we find or i have found over the years is the communication between the tenant and our maintenance team is really key if it's not an easy way to communicate it makes it more difficult for us to do our job and then we can't do it at we can't feel successful, and we can't do it as efficiently. So, if we can create a way to communicate with the tenants um, more easily for them with the maintenance requests, um, then we've won our we've won that tenant over. And if they're being their needs are being met in a way that fits with the landlord-tenant law, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to give every tenant. Free. If, if they clog a drain and they've lived there for two years, we're not going to necessarily say, Oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay. We do, we enforce all of that. Yeah. But I mean, that whole communication thing I think is really key to providing great service. And, uh, you know, this is the biggest asset, one of the biggest assets that most of our clients have. And if you're not treating it with kid gloves, if you will, and you're not saying, knowing or remembering that, this is their biggest asset and that transparency is really important. Now that has to be balanced with the fact that only one person or one entity can manage a property. We can't, the owner can't manage it and we can't manage it simultaneously. That won't work. So we have to make sure that we have the controls in place so that we can be successful at it based on the landlord tenant law and keep the owners out of trouble keep the clients happy or the tenants as happy as we can within the confines of the landlord tenant law. So, to answer your question, I think communication, transparency, and level of service.
0: Maybe we can talk about how um, Narpm helps uh, members achieve these things that make oh, wow. for great companies. Yeah, um, and maybe really, what I'm asking is, you know, why should someone join Narpm? Okay. Like, obviously, everyone wants to build a great company and, yeah. and succeed. Um, so, what does Narpm do to help help? help.
1: So yeah, there's so many things that come to mind. So first of all, there's just the heart, the tangible education. So NARPM has 15 different courses that are available. Some are online, some are in person. I strongly recommend if you can take them in person do so oh. and they're, um, they're competitively priced in the marketplace. What happens in the in in room in classroom uh, courses and the courses that we've developed over the years, and I'm a NARPM instructor, certified NARPM instructor as well is, you get the interaction with the class. So not only are you getting the content that's in the class, in the curriculum, but you're getting all that conversation with your peers of what they're doing differently. And I, I challenge anyone who signs up for an ARPM designation class or six hour course, and some of them are CE approved as well, if right. people are licensed in their states. Um, I challenge them not to find something that they can take away And turn into a profit area or more efficient area in their offices when they leave that course, um, that would pay for that cost of that course. Um, And the other thing is the networking that we talked about. You know, the the conventions being really fun. A lot of what I learn at conventions is at the table at lunch when you're sitting Uh next to somebody you know, I'm in the Seattle area, I'm sitting next to somebody from Dallas and I say, so what are you guys doing when this happens? How do you do a client onboarding? Hey, do you have a form for that? And then they would send it to me, right? And then I look at it and I say, "Oh, I could probably implement this or I teach a class on um, uh, taking the trouble out of refereeing the demands from clients, tenants and vendors and has to do with, uh, you know, communication and onboarding and expectations and all that. But just learning from one another is really what NARPAM. That to me, that's like one of the key things. The other thing is the legislative benefits. Um, we have a pretty strong pack, or we're getting there—a political action committee and a, um, a NARPAM advocacy fund. So we have a almost a full time. Um, representative on the hill tyler craddock is our uh, governmental affairs director and he is representing the residential property management in our industry hired by narpa to be on the hill and talking to legislators so those are the two big things is being heard on on capitol hill about housing issues you know emotional service animals are one of the big ones now um, that we're working on and focusing on Um, but the education is is the other thing now if you don't have the opportunity to Attend somewhere. There's we've got uh, discussion groups. We've got Facebook pages. Uh, narpm discussion group on a Facebook page, um, and that's another way. Just the cost of your membership, the registration fee for your membership, you could learn enough from the discussion group, which you can also, once you join, you ask to join the discussion group. You could learn enough in that discussion group in a one year to um, pay for your membership, your registration, your annual registration.
0: Yeah. There there are two things I want to kind of dig into um, and I'm not sure what orders can best So I'll just go in the order that the questions popped up in my head Um, You were You were pretty like uh, Deliberate with saying that you were certified as an instructor and I think I I want to dig into that because I think a lot of people like especially like on Facebook and stuff if you're just scrolling through Facebook videos will just kind of say whatever they want like throw out advice, throw out ideas, you don't really know where, where it's coming from, what the source of like authority is, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what that certification looks like and, and how you actually pick instructors to lead these courses.
1: Sure. Um, Well, first of all, there's two just to back that up a little bit. There's two designations. Well, there's lots of designations, but two for property managers. One is an RMP, which is a residential management professional, and that's the first designation that someone can get. And it's a matter of attending events, um, earning points by um, writing articles or participating as a volunteer or um just different things to get your rmp and there's an application you fill that out then you have to have your rmp before you can apply for an mpm which is a master property manager and i have both of those designations in order to be an instructor you have to have both of those designations huh. um so that's the first thing um and it involves taking those courses i just described as well several of them throughout that that time period of your application period and then um as as far as a a certified NARPUM instructor is you have to apply, you have to submit, a, I think a 30 minute video. Um, You have to, I I applied about five years ago. So forgive me if I don't remember all the details, but it is a a, um, selective process where not everybody can just throw in their application. And we actually have a third party that does the evaluation of their application. So there's no favorites within the organization. So this third party will evaluate and, give best feedback on what their, what the uh, impression was of them as an instructor on this 30 minute video that they submit plus their application. So they do a scoring there. And then every year NARPM has a two day instructor training uh, that we do back in Chesapeake at NARPM's headquarters in Virginia. And every instructor has to attend at least one of those every two years so i've been to every one except for 2020 my travel schedule isn't going to permit me to attend so i planned for that and we'll miss 2020 and i'll be back in 2021. so
0: well if you've been to one every year we'll, we'll forgive you for missing one it
1: <laughs> sounds like yeah. it's a
0: two-year requirement anyway but that's yeah. that's awesome and that's pretty strict so yeah. um sounds so, like yeah. you have a really good vetting process and then i want to touch on the second question i had and uh, i want to bring it back to something we were talking about before we even started recording um mm-hmm. we had been talking about the, uh, emotional support animal screening yeah. and some of the work narpin is doing um with uh had requested the fcc so maybe you can tell us a little bit about what that is and what how, how narpin is getting involved.
1: right right so over the years probably in the last five or six years NARPM has been kind of uh, working our way into becoming, well, our vision is to become the recognized leader in the residential property management industry. So to that end, we've been knocking on doors. We do a day on the Hill. where It's now called our legislative conference because it's so much more than just going to see legislators. We have speakers that come in and talk to us when we're not on the Hill at that event in D.C., Um, And we have sponsors for it. It's uh, it's a two day event and it works out really well um, as far as getting our name out there. And what what we've been doing is uh, trying to meet with key decision makers or or key people that will um, kind of move our agenda, if you will, up up to the ranks. And so this last year and I'm going to just read the the. Information, because I don't want to get it wrong, um, that the Secretary Ben Car- Carson has asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate certain websites that may be selling assistant animal documentation, and that was the end result of us being multiple meetings over several years between NARPA and HUD, and the most recent was in late September, which included the NARPA Governmental Affairs Director Tyler Craddock, who I mentioned earlier, um, and then John Bradford, who's the president of Petscreening.com, who has ad nauseum amount of data that's been collected because that's what his company does is for the rental industry is screens pets Mm -hmm. Um, and their legal counsel. They have been meeting with and had a long term meeting with uh, the people in HUD to prompt this letter of investigation or requesting this investigation from the FTC. Mm -hmm. So that has been huge for us on the legislative front that we are being recognized as our vision says we want to be um, in this arena. And uh, so we'll see where that goes. But, um, yeah, it's been great for us to get to that point, And we hope to move that agenda even further.
0: I think the awesome part about that, too, is it just shows how um, savvy NARPAM is, but also just how on top of, like, all the legal constraints there are, which are you know, often one of the most difficult things to kind of navigate as, as right. a, a management company.
1: yeah, um, yeah absolutely.
0: So I, I wanna dig in a little bit to that that vision of being the recognized leader. We talked about how you have over 6,000 members now that are part of NARPM. How many chapters is that? We have
1: about 64 chapters throughout the country. Some of those are state chapters that don't necessarily meet, but they are formed for two reasons. One, to advance the state legislation and the state legislative issues. And then for number two, and when I say advance, I mean, advance it in a way that favors property rights and not just necessarily, you know, the landlord necessarily, of course, but property rights. And, and what we find in a lot of states and a lot of jurisdictions and municipalities, they're restricting those property rights. And that's where the state chapter comes in is those uh, numbers of people that are in the state will advance that legislative in our favor. And then number two is education. So for example, uh there's uh we have a state chapter in utah um but we don't have a chapter in utah so it's a state chapter i think that's correct i hope i'm right but there are some states that just have a state chapter and not a whole they don't have smaller city chapters in their area
0: cool And I think actually David had posted the link directly to find the chapter closest to you in the ask a question box. So for anyone on this live session, you can just click that link and and find the closest one to you. Sure. Um, do you have a vision for how the number of chapters will expand or is that going to stay like static?
1: You know, it's a constant debate. Um, because we, what you need, NARPM is all volunteers. We're a volunteer organization Mm -hmm. and that's where the members, the drive to increase the members is if we want more chapters. So if we want more chapters, some chapters are struggling now to get the volunteers. So why would we want to develop more chapters if we're having struggles with getting volunteers? We've created a way, and this is something the board has discussed and debated for years since I've been on the board the last six years, um, and do we want to go to state chapters only? There's a lot of organizations not in the real estate industry that just have state chapters and that's, they don't meet on a regular basis, but one of the lifebloods of NARPAM is meeting. So basically the drive to increase membership, it, part of that is if we want new chapters, then we have to have enough members. Mm-hmm. So because we have some chapters that are struggling with finding volunteers, you know, recycling leadership and so on, which I'm sure happens in most, a lot of organizations. So we, we are very, uh, intentional on how we are developing chapters. Okay.
0: Are there like a few, um, and I I don't really know how this works strategically. So the question might not even make sense. I'm kind of curious if there's, uh, a few states or, uh, local chapters that you're really focused on expanding or if it's more of like building a national presence.
1: So a little bit of both in the strategy moving forward, Um, we are uh, looking at there's some key areas. So, for example, in Chicago, there's a lot of residential property managers in that area, in the Chicago area. Mm -hmm. Um, And we used to have a chapter in Chicago, but it just wasn't thriving and it just kind of fell away. And so what we're doing now is we're doing networking groups and meetups and the regional vice presidents, we have six regional vice presidents who are directors on the board. And um, as they see organic groups growing, then they are facilitating growth there and hopefully getting enough people on board and and kind of interested and involved. And then once that happens, then they can become a chapter in formation and they're kind of um, baby steps into becoming a chapter. So we're very intentional about it rather than saying, Oh, there's three people, you know, in Bismarck that want to get together and be a NARPUM chapter. So we're more methodical on it now.
0: Awesome. I I feel like I may have like left out an important question too, that I'm sure any listener that's not a part of NARPUM is probably wondering, which is like, who's like kind of the ideal member for NARPUM? Who should think about joining? Like, what does that look like?
1: So if you're, yeah, so for, I think there's chapter members or members of NARPM that may not even be in a chapter, maybe a member at large, but they still participate on the national level as far as national conferences, or they might go to a state conference. We have six state conferences around the country that are available for folks to go to if they don't have a chapter Um, and those happen annually. Um, I think the ideal, the ideal member is anyone that wants to learn and grow their property management career or business or, you know, I don't know if you ever know everything you need to know about property management. There's always something new to learn. Um, There's always somewhere to grow in the industry. Um, So I I know that sounds really broad based, but you know, whether you've been in the business for 20 years or 20 days um, I think it's a valuable organization. I found it when I found NARPUM, I was looking for something about how to do some some particular situation with the tenant or something. And I noticed there were so many ten, tenant groups and tenant advocacy groups that when I found NARPA, I thought this is what I need. I need a resource for myself to learn how to do this job. And, um, you know, there's just so many ways to improve yourself and and look at different ways of doing business that and if you're managing rentals or even thinking about doing it, even if you're a you know, you might be a, someone who's managing their own eight or 10 rentals. You know, it might be something to look into just to learn.
0: Yeah, I think um, one of the things I love about NARPM is I, I feel like the the ethos and the culture of NARPM is very much in alignment with um, Latchell's own, uh, principles. Okay. And one of the things we talk a lot about with our employees is continuous improvement, which is we need to always be looking at what's the better way to do something? What's the more efficient way? What's the, the, the a better way to drive like maybe a profit stream? Like you had mentioned actually uh, early in the conversation that you challenge anyone to go to a, a, like a NARPAm conference or a luncheon or the, um, the forum or the classes, yeah. right? and uh, not find some way to increase profit streams mm-hmm. or increase their operating efficiency. And right, that, right. that focus on continuous improvement, I think is actually essential to building a really successful and uh, whatever your definition of success is, whether it's profitable or whether it's um, excellent service, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to chase that continuous improvement and find the better ways to do things. Cause there's always going to be something you can get better at
1: right and that's you know when i was um as the president of the organization you get to pick a theme and i was thinking about what my theme was and being it's 2020 i wanted to do something that had to, you know this is a lifetime opportunity 2020 and 2020 vision and right having to do with perfect or perfection or you know whatever um i came up with elevate the vision in 2020 or NARPAM 2020 elevate the vision is how it goes but um nice. For me, it's about continuous improvement. How can we do it better? We need to think outside the box. And one of the other privileges as president is you get to assign a a book to the board to read before our strategic planning. And I chose Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, which is all about, um, I don't know if you've read it, uh, some of the people really liked it some of the people it didn't resonate with but I love it and it's one of the things that is become for me a way I lead and a way I want to push my organization t-square and the the NARPAM organization kind of out of its um, norm and let's do something different let's be let's be courageous and let's be brave and do something different and how do we do it and that's where the dare to lead came in for me and where the elevate the vision NARPAM can't can't remain relevant and thriving if we don't continue to improve. Because there's or, there's other groups out there that are holding conferences and doing things that if we don't get better and continuously improve, we're gonna we're not gonna thrive. We're not gonna be able to survive.
0: Well, I think too. Um, I want to dive a little bit into that book you mentioned, but uh, from my perspective, from what I see. It is actually, it, it, it's not easy finding high-quality groups to learn from. Yeah. Um, and and NARPUM is, you know, one of the, the few that are out there that is of extremely high quality. Um, so I don't know if there's necessarily anyone, like, nipping at NARPUM's heels. was <laughs> kind of my point.
1: Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. But there... We certainly are offering maybe things that we may not have, we may not have attempted to improve them. It's been happening over the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that we've decided to do, and I think this was through Steve Schultz's mem- uh, presidency is to, we really need to up our game on our two flagship events. And one is our broker owner event, which, Is for brokers and owners of companies only, and only two people per company can come. So it's a very exclusive event. And you know, this year it's in April at Turtle Bay in Hawaii, which is you know one of the premier resorts in the United States. And um, Damon Johns from Shark Tank is one of our featured keynotes. So I mean, we're upping our game, and I'm excited about it. And we're stepping outside the box, and we got a lot of feedback if you will about how moving it from vegas this particular venue from vegas to hawaii but we think it's it's the way we need to do it to up our game and to elevate our vision and elevate what we do and become recognizable and recognized so
0: yeah. I maybe mean, it's a good time to segue back to, to the book you mentioned so i want to make sure i i got this right in case anyone wants to read it um dare to lead mm-hmm. and did you say yeah. the author was Renee Brown? right here.
1: I carry it with me a lot. <laughs> Look, it's even got my sticky notes. Brene
0: Brown. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Brene
1: Brown. And really it's a, a compilation of four different books of hers. Um, Daring Greatly. Uh, I can't remember. Daring Greatly was one of them and uh, Rising Strong and two others. And it's, it's, that's basically what it is.
0: Did you have like, um, if you had to summarize maybe a couple takeaways, even if it's just like kind of bullet point format, mm-hmm. what were some of like the takeaways you had from that book that, that inspired and impacted the way you built your company?
1: Um, and I think it's about how I built my company, but it's also my character that don't be afraid to be vulnerable when you're trying to lead a group. Um, a lot of times, and this is the whole, her, her whole premise, I hate to speak for her because she's like a guru to me. I, I, you know, but she maybe affirmed for me that it's okay to show vulnerability in the workplace when you're to, to remain courageous. Because if you think about it, you can't have courage without vulnerability because courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. Right. Uh So if you're going to try something new and push your organization in a way that maybe doesn't feel comfortable you're being courageous and therefore you have to, there's some vulnerability there or, you know, and it's not like going into your team and saying, Oh, I I have really no idea what I'm doing, but it's maybe saying, this is new to me. Let's troubleshoot this together and see how we can work together as a team and figure out the direct, the next steps and the direction. And that, that's, there's two different ways of saying the same thing. You don't have to let them know you, you know, you don't know what you're doing, but maybe with their help, you can navigate it in the direction that you want to go. I think that, does
0: that make yep. sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think it also, when you take that approach, it gives you the space to do, um, for lack of a better term, it gives you the space to do bold things.
1: Exactly. To
0: try new that, things and yeah. do things differently.
1: Right, and try things that you know you one of the other things and i know this is all these thoughts and concepts have been around for years from other authors and speakers and so on but for her for me she resonated with me a lot um you learn from your failures more than you learn from your successes probably and Mm -hmm. when you have those failures then what do you do with them and how do you learn from them it's what you do with them that counts right so if you're not failing then you're not trying and you're not going outside the box, right? To try something different, and we right. we do that a lot here, you know.
0: So, and I think one of the beautiful things about NARPA is that you're in this space with experienced people yeah. that have failed a lot. Yeah, and right. I, I mean that in a, a good way—that failing in is a very good very, And you know, no no you were it. saying
1: about yeah. Um, you were saying about not knowing if you're working with people that really know the industry. What, what made me think, or what I thought of when you said that is our our discussion groups and the Facebook pages that are NARPAM Facebook pages and the conversations that are going on, they're really almost self-regulated in a way that if somebody says something off base, someone will say, well, where did you get that information? Cause I understood it to be ABC. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's thought, it, there's thought going into it and not just everybody subscribing to what one person says. So there's a lot of robust conversation in a respectful way that is happening um, for folks as far as one of the benefits of, of being with Narfoam.
0: So I, I don't, I'm not intentionally doing this to bring it back to lateral, but uh, no. again, this resonates with one of our principles. And and by the way, the lateral leadership principles, for the most part, we, we actually pulled from Amazon um, mm. I think I've mentioned this to you, but uh, my co-founder, Will, started his, or not started, yeah. but most of his career was at Amazon. Yeah. Um, so when we started the company, we we took those as our, our principles, but there's one um, called Disagree and Commit, which I think is along those lines, which is you have to to really improve and, and build something successful. You have to have the space for people to disagree, mm-hmm. share their different ideas, and then, yeah. and then together commit to the thing that you know, is going to work best or that you you think will work best. Then, of course, the follow up is you actually have to measure that. Does it actually work best? And, you know, if not.
1: Right. um, Brene Brown talks about this here. She calls it the rumble when you have those difficult conversations and you go in for the rumble and she has these rules that she has that she establishes with the team before they rumble and difficult conversations and the permission slips that you put together, you know, little sticky notes of what you say. So there's a whole kind of process that she outlines of how to best do that with your organization. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah.
0: Well, this book is now next up on my reading list because that's one of the more challenging things I think at, Uh, any company is how do you, you can say, yeah, we want people to disagree and then we're going to commit to one thing, but how do you actually encourage that in like the most productive way without everyone just kind of like storming off and yeah yeah, storming off and dogpiling on like the, the argument versus like the productive side of it. Yes.
1: That's, and then what she talks about too, is if it gets too heated and you get too emotional that you get the permission to stand up and, or, you know, say time out. we need to regroup until I'm not as emotionally connected to this topic. And then you, you know, it's kind of, you know, like I said, it's not necessarily new information, but maybe it's just how she presented it that resonated with me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, and it all comes down to like, how do you build companies and, I feel like property management it's two parts and, and it's it's part of what makes it so hard. One part right. is being an expert in management and the other part is you also have to be an expert in building a business. Right. Uh, so that like coin.
1: Building a business to me is all about the people that you that you work with. Really it's um I know that probably there's a lot of people that would disagree with me. Yeah, there's a bottom line, but but that you you won't be able to grow and succeed and be profitable if you don't have the right people and the people that want to be there in place
0: yeah so i want to uh piggyback on um that that whole vision the the idea of uh, you know uh, elevating the vision um what can folks expect from nerf in 2020
1: Oh wow! Okay, good. I actually thought about that a little bit because you were kind enough to give me a couple of questions ahead of time. So thank you. Um, so I talked about the broker owner in April. Um, that's something that if if someone fits that registration criteria, they should really think about attending. Like I said, too, there's six different state conferences, and I think that people, I hope that they'll see something different there a little bit. Um, and then the annual convention will be in Amelia Island in Florida in October. Um, the I talked a little bit about uh, the legislative arm of what we're doing. Um, they can expect to see, I think, a little bit more public publication or publicity or yeah. more exposure that they'll be um, seeing we're sending out um, as often as we think relevant about what we're doing in DC. And then also as members of NARPM, um, we are encouraged to notify our governmental affairs committee about things that are going on in our areas, and they will assist in, in doing anything they can to help with even just writing position letters and so on um, for us. Um, a couple of things that came out of our strategic plan—not to get too into the weeds—we uh, launched last year uh, NARPA accounting standards, and that was a member benefit that we offered. And that what it is is that basically a comprehensive set of gl codes for people's for companies accountings um, oh. options right as how they are bookkeeping um, and that is a member benefit so what we're doing this year is we're kind of taking that to the next level and we're putting together a task force to identify some of the metrics that will be valuable to company owners and and people that are involved with NARPAM, you know, like uh how many personnel per door do you have or how many doors do you need per personnel, that kind of thing. What's uh, the profit uh, or all these accounting metrics, if you will. But we're trying to determine which ones through this task force, they'll be kind of brainstorming and think tanking. What are some of the metrics that will be valuable to members? And now that, because the NARPAM accounting standards came out in 2019, 2020 will be a full year of comprehensive data. So while that data is being collected, we'll be looking at what metrics can be released in 2021 for the members to have as a, as a value benefit to being in the organization. So we'll be looking at that. The other thing we talked a little bit about leadership and it's kind of one of my passions is um, NARPAM is a great, a great organization, but it's not. And for me, it's a big part of my life, but it's not for everybody, a big part of their lives. But if we could offer, um, and this is something about elevating the organization. If we could offer some sort of leadership um, curriculum, if you will, or my vision yeah. is that we would have NarPAm Leadership University at some point, you know, similar to what you know Disney has or some of those big organizations, so that we set ourselves apart from just any other regular regular real estate organization. And I know that other organizations have it, but um, so that people could learn to be leaders, not just within, their companies, but maybe if they decide that this career isn't for them, they've had something, they've done something to take that with them in another career or in their personal lives or wherever, and it would be something of value that they could have. And so we have a task force that's being formed this year to kind of elevate that leadership thing. So, like I said, one of our pain points is volunteers and ample numbers of volunteers. And we feel that if we can find a leadership track or just some sort of more robust leadership training, not just how to run a chapter, but what can you use outside of just NARPA? Of okay. NARPA. So we're gonna be doing that in 2020, and hopefully there'll be more on that in the next coming year or so. Um, the education classes right now, in 2019, we had 81 classes that were held. And while that was down from 2018, we had more attendees in 2019. So we're looking at holding more classes or at least offering it in different areas where more people could attend. So, um, and usually those are sponsored by um, the local chapters or the state chapter. And then uh, lastly, one of the things that I get to do is pick a charity for 2020. So hopefully I can make a little plug for that. Um, The charity I've selected is called the Alexander Hamilton Scholars, and they're based here in Seattle. And what they are, they're an organization that um, bridges the gap between high-achieving youth and college entrance. So, and uh, as they matriculate through college, the Alexander Hamilton Scholars uh, keep these kids in the fold in their cohort. Um, throughout their whole career in college. And they have leadership development is really what they do. It's not a scholarship program. It's mostly how do you fill out grants? How do you fill out um, scholarship requests? How do you navigate your first year of college when you're a first-generation college student because your parents are living paycheck to paycheck? Um, The median income of an Alexander Hamilton scholar family is $30,000, which is half of what the national average is. Um, But these kids are dean's list community service you know clubs within school sports within school Um, they're just high achieving really high achieving kids that um, don't have the opportunity necessarily or the know-how to get to college and this alexander hamilton scholars bridges that gap so we're going to be working hard this year to um, raise money to continue that organization as well as hopefully I'm hoping that some of the organiz- some of the companies that are involved in NARPA will be able to offer um, internships uh, to some of these students yeah. uh, in between their school years, you know over the summer because um, they really believe the Alexander Hamilton Scholars Foundation or group believes that small business is the fabric of our economy. And if these college kids can get a taste of that, then they can see a little bit differently of how what happens in the workforce in the business world too. So I'm really excited about
0: it. Well, I'll throw in Latchell's hat if, if they're looking for uh, companies okay, to support internships. It, um, please do. Oh, okay, you, sure. you have my email, so you know how to get Good. in touch with me about that. Um, Great. I, I love, though, that NARPAM is volunteer-based, but you still have the initiative to go work with a non-profit like fund like this a charity organization to yeah. still invest the time and, and resources to support them like that's really amazing and I don't know why we haven't talked about this yet because you mentioned it so many times now but this is something I think uh, listeners in NARPM and listeners not in NARPM yet should hear how does someone volunteer if they want to help out and be a part of them
1: so great question um so you can volunteer at the local level in the chapter Um, we've got five national committees and they usually trickle down in some way shape or form into the chapter levels Um, and that is communications which handles all of the residential resource magazine um, all of the website information things like that Um, and then at the local level that we have a a, um, chapter website at every every chapter has their own website and usually they have a facebook page and you know invites to the chapter meetings and so on um and then we've got professional development committee nationally and usually that's in the form of education at the local level Um, we've got member services which is usually a membership chair at the local level and then we've got governmental affairs which is uh, legislative um so governmental affairs nationally and legislative locally. And then um, the last one, we have a new technology committee here in 2019. So if somebody's interested in getting inter- involved at that level. And the nice thing about getting involved at a committee, you get a really in- really great inside view of what's what are the workings of that committee. Because um, really that's where all the work is done in moving this organization forward is that a lot of people have a great a lot of great agendas, and our strategic plan comes out, and then it all goes to the committees, and then the committees do all the implementation of of what was on the strategic plan, mm-hmm. right? You know, one of the other things, Ethan, I didn't mention, and I want to, is we are an organization of volunteers, but we have an amazing staff at Organizational Management Group or OMG, with our CEO of Dale Phillips. And uh, Jackie Sabagal, who handles most everything NARPUM, if you have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, info at NARPUM.org is where all those emails go. And we couldn't be the organization we are today if it weren't for that awesome staff. And they are not volunteers. So um, we are boots on the ground are the volunteers. But these guys are the ones that are keeping us afloat um, as a business, if you will, um, as a 501c3. So, um, awesome. yeah, I just want to let them- say we're not all volunteers in OMG right. played a part right. in our success. That's good. So, Let's give
0: it yeah, give that shout out to Gail and Jackie. And if if folks do want the whole the whole te- I, I assume it's not just the two of them, right? No, no, <laughs> Both, the, whole the whole team. team. Um, if someone wants to learn more about like NARPAM itself or get in touch to um, you know see if they can be a part of a committee. Should they be emailing info at NARCAM.com?
1: If they just have initial questions, I believe on the website, I'm pretty sure that you can join a committee. There's a link to join a committee and you can fill out an application online to get involved and communications I know is looking for people, all the committees are looking for folks that are, and it's not a huge time commitment, which is really nice. Um, They meet about once a month on a conference call and then there's work to do afterwards, but there's, um, you know, all kinds of other um, opportunities to get involved uh, at the local level. So there's some of the state chapters are having state conferences. So you can be on the, the state conference committee. Um, or again, the local chapters are a great way to start. And again, if you're not in an area with a local chapter, then I would suggest the national committee would be a great place to go.
0: Awesome. And I don't want to leave you out. Cause I think, uh, a lot of folks might want to get in touch with you. Sure. <laughs> um, so how should listeners uh, get in touch with you? Well, uh,
1: for now, it would be president-elect or president-elect at NARPUM.org. Or I can give you my personal email or my work email is my first initial K as in Kelly. And Tollefson is my last name. T as in Tom. O-L-L-I-F as in Frank. S-O-N. At T-Square-Management.com.
0: Awesome. And so currently president-elect at NARPUM.org, yeah, I assume yeah. though, That'd maybe Jan 1, one. that's going to go change to, to president, president. Yeah. <laughs> at NARPUM.org. All right, right on.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and con- again, congratulations.
1: Thank way. you. I am really excited about it. Um, we did, Like I said, we just finished up uh, leadership training. We've got a great group of volunteers for the year for 2020 and 2021. Um, So it was all the presidents for 2020 that were there for chapters and all the board of directors were there and all the committee chairs and then all the president elects. So they'll be president in 2021. So a great group of folks. I'm really excited to be working with them. And uh, I'm just excited to to be here. I've worked hard to get here and I'm excited that it's finally here. I know it'll go by really fast. So
0: it'll be a blink of an eye. You'll be done. And then and then you'll have a, a second retrospective of 2020. Yeah. In hindsight, how did 2020 go?
1: Yes, um, yes.
0: But I think great things around the corner. I, I mean, with everything we talked about, just, just in this uh, interview, it sounds like you're doing a lot. <laughs> and sure. if you can even get a, a fraction of all of this, even well, close yeah. to done in 2020, it would be amazing. So.
1: Well, and it's not me, it's the whole group around me that, you know, they're doing all the work, but there's a lot on the agenda, definitely. And um, we just have a lot. Everybody's interested in looking forward to, like I said, moving the organization forward and keeping it relevant and thriving and even better. So we're, I have a great group to work with, and it's going to be exciting to see what comes of it all.
0: Awesome. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. Um I hope at some point we can we can do it again and uh, maybe go even deeper on you know your own uh, management company and, and yeah. how that journey exactly. has gone.
1: Yeah, it's been my pleasure, Ethan. This has been great. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been a privilege.
0: And I'll say for everyone listening, if you want to elevate the vision for your own company, go join Narcom. That's the best yes. way to do it. Um, I, I'm going to give a quick plug for a little lateral competition we're running we are giving away uh, a narpa membership so we'll we'll actually pay for someone's dues um if you join narpa um the way to uh, participate in that just go to the lateral facebook page and there's a post that explains how to join that competition and fingers crossed maybe you'll win but whether you win or not still a good idea to join so make sure you're, you're elevating your own company's vision in 2020 join narpa um, I've gotten so much out of it and I, I don't even run a property management company, Rachel does maintenance, <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it's, it's by all means, uh, worth it, uh, 150%. So, um, definitely encourage everyone to go check out NARPM, go to narpum.org, uh, or check out the Latchell Facebook page and, uh, we're running that competition there. Um, again, Kelly, thank you so much. Um, and for everyone else, like if you're interested in learning more about lateral services specifically, you can always head to lateral.com, click the book, a demo button. Um, Jen sells who, who usually would talk to you is on vacation. So if you book that for any time in the next week, it's actually going to be me talking to you. So if you want to talk to me, go to lateral.com, click book, a demo, happy to talk to you. Thanks for tuning in everyone. And again, Kelly, thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Ethan.
0: All right. You have a good one. You too. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review, too, if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the Book a Demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together. Maybe not but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks, everyone. See you back next week.